0: It's super easy to fix your eyes. But more and more, the, the times that we live in, people don't care anymore. Optometry is a $100 billion a year business that is in business of renting us our own eyesight. Screens are replacing the real real world, real activity. You don't need your eyes anymore. Less and less people that are like, man, I wish I would like to go on a bike race, do a triathlon, by my eyes suck. Hmm. It happens less and less because you just watch the bike race on YouTube.
1: That everyone is Jake Steiner. And he created endmyopia.org. That's M-Y-O-P-I-A. And he went from negative 5 diopter myopia, which is really bad eyesight, to 20-20 vision naturally. And he tells us how to do it. It is super simple. It's way simpler than you think it is. In this episode, we talk about LASIK, why you shouldn't get it. We talk about how poor eyesight is not genetic. And we also talk about what the big scam is with a lot of optometry now not everybody but the optometry industry is counting on your eyesight getting worse and giving you stronger and stronger lenses that actually make your vision worse pretty incredible if you know anybody in your life or you yourself whose vision is getting progressively worse as you age a lot of us are especially because we're now looking at screens most of the day a lot of us are working from home this is a can't miss episode please click on the three buttons or the little box thing and share it with your friends and family who are struggling with poor eyesight. We talk about how you can test your eyesight at home, just packed with information. I know you're going to love this episode. As always, you can find me on Instagram at real McCormick, or you can go to seanmccormick.com to learn about how I coach people, how I help them develop the lives that they want living optimally. And I am so excited to bring to you this episode dig right in and we're here with jake steiner of end myopia jake welcome to the optimal performance podcast thanks for having me sean appreciate it i'm very 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 excited i'm encouraged to have this conversation because i think like a lot of people we have this sort of love hate relationship with eyes sticking stuff in your eyes wearing glasses so I was really encouraged when I dove into the absolute treasure trove that is your your website. So much amazing information. I would love for you to just sort of give us your origin story on how you got yourself uh, and your eyesight corrected naturally. Naturally. Yes.
0: I like origin story. It makes me sound super heroic. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So I was used to be an analyst and then stock trader and sort of an investor partially retired. And I started wearing glasses in my early teens, which I guess was kind of usual back then. School, homework. Parents took me to the optometrist, the optometrist says I need glasses. Uh, and every year or two after that, I got stronger glasses till I was at around minus five. And that's that's basically strong enough to where you can't find your glasses if you put them down somewhere and you forget. And then somewhere in my 20s, I was already kind of sort of retired don't hate me is traveling a lot. And I was at night somewhere looking for a taxi. And I couldn't tell if they're available or not, because my eyesight wasn't good enough. So I went to the optometrist, they said, your eyesight's bad. And that was the first time as an adult that that I was just by myself at an optometrist. And I went, well, why is that? Just because my job, right? Like I'm an analyst, my, my job is to ask why a whole lot. Yeah. And so it's just it was just a, you know, natural occupational hazard. And the guy goes, it's genetic. And we know it's not genetic, right? Like, that's not how genetics work. Like, I'm not a geneticist, but the gene pool of humans didn't massively drastically change in the last 50 years. It's not possible for all of us to suddenly have bad eyesight. Mm -hmm. It's just, it can't be genetic right? Like I only went to university, but in biology, they teach you enough about that stuff that you go, oh, that seems unlikely. Mm -hmm. And so this was before Google Scholar, which awesome resource for anybody who's not aware of it. So I went to libraries and I just went, what's up with this thing? And I found that myopia, short-sightedness is definitely not genetic. And there are tens of thousands of studies, literally going back 50 plus years, explaining exactly where short-sightedness comes from absolutely not genetic. And then what I found is that glasses that they sell you cause your eyesight to actively get worse. And that was kind of shocking. And again, this is not just before internet was as much of a thing as it is today. So I was reading this in books that were definitely not conspiracy theories. And the biology explained how minus lenses literally make your eyesight worse, healthy eye adjusting to a lens that it doesn't know is there. And so basically, optometry is a hundred billion dollar a year business that is in business of renting us our own eyes. From there started a big long journey of I, I was guessing based on what the biology said that there's a way to reverse it because the eye's not broken. And I read all the books. I tried the Bates method. Uh, I went to Nepal. I did eye acupuncture there. That was not so much fun. Yeah. I tried eye yoga and all that stuff. And eventually I came up with my own sort of approach. Now, as we're talking, I don't wear glasses. I don't have contacts. I didn't do LASIK. I have perfect eyesight. Awesome. I love these sort of N of one biohacker stories where it's like, you know what?
1: I just got fed up with it. I decided to just fix myself because nobody had any good ideas for me. Those are really the best because that comes from within you. This, this need, this want to like uh, to solve your own problem. Can we do some terminology clarification, uh, if you would, the, the distinction between nearsightedness and farsightedness, myopia. Uh, sorry if I pronounced that incorrectly. Like, what, what do these what do these terms mean?
0: So nearsighted or short-sighted, super confusingly, means that you can't see clearly at a distance. Farsighted is the opposite; you can't see clearly up close. So. Farsightedness is pretty uncommon. It's mainly older people that have trouble reading. Most people are nearsighted. Nearsighted, short-sighted, myopia—all exactly the same thing. Unique glasses to see at a distance.
1: As you as you dove into the literature, how far? When did when did corrective eyewear first burst onto the scene? Who had the great idea to put uh, telescope lenses in front of your eyeballs?
0: 16th century and the, yeah that's when glasses were invented and the only people that were glasses in the 16th century were monks because the monks were the only ones reading and hmm. that's kind of where the whole story starts right like the the connection between myopia, and nearsightedness and spending a lot of time with your eyes focused up close starts there and then the next big stop for glasses was about 100 years ago Um, where education became a lot more widespread and a lot more people, younger people were reading. So in that class of people, glasses started emerging more frequently. And today it's, depending where you are, uh, Western countries, it's like 50%-ish and a fair amount of Asian countries, school-aged children now, uh, 90% of them need glasses.
1: Which makes sense, right? The classic sort of nerd archetype is the the kid that reads all day and needs glasses because his eyesight is getting worse and worse as he, he reads more and more with a book, you know, 18 inches away from his face. Yeah. I guess, I guess that makes sense. I'm glad, I'm glad that you mentioned the industry because, you know, as a skeptic myself, I always wonder like, is this just people taking advantage of, uh, of others or is it shaky Science is it a little bit of both? You know, I know that you don't hold punches. So I want to really kind of hear, give, give it, give it to me
0: straight. So it's weird. It's super, super weird. So if you go to scholar.google.com, it's the Google search engine just for peer-reviewed clinical science. Like whenever I hear a new far-fetched idea from somebody that's especially like health related, I'm like, what does the science say? Not that it's right or wrong, but it's just at least what are people saying that are researching this stuff. And clinical optometry and ophthalmology, they publish journals that are meant for what I call retail optometrists, right? Like the professional magazines, basically, discuss the cause of myopia just to a degree that is beating the dead horse. It's a muscle spasm. There's a focusing muscle on your eye, spasms from too much close-up. It's when you look at something up close, the, that muscle gets really tight to focus the lens in your eye. The further you look in a distance, the more relaxed the muscle is. It's like children's level knowledge about vision biology. The muscle spasms that get stuck—it's called near-induced transient myopia or pseudo myopia. If you Google Scholar that, you're going to see just thousands of studies on this. They should know. They should know. And I've been to a fair amount of optometrists initially when I was excited about this by the way, and started because I was pissed off. It wasn't that I was trying to like sell a course or do a thing. I was just ranting. If you go all the way back to the beginning of the site, that's where the posts are still there. And I'm like, I brought these things. I brought pinouts. I'm like, what is up with this? I've been kicked out of optometrist offices. I'm just like, you have to be kidding me, right? Like the cause is not a question. It's clearly explained. And then I was like, okay. And the glasses make it worse. And there is a level of arrogance, like just directed arrogance, when you bring this up, that is super frustrating. And my parents are both medical doctors. So I understand, it can be difficult for you to be in a profession and random ass people that come in your office that self diagnose and know everything better than you do, with, you know, maybe as much as 12 years of extra education, that can be frustrating. And I get that. And I empathize with that. Right. But it's still, I got to the point where I'm like, there is a some maybe unintended malice there. The industry at large knows. They're selling contact lenses now that that are supposed to counter some of that effect from glasses making your eyes functionally worse. I don't wanna say on purpose, but it's part of how they work. They make your eyes worse. They sell contact lenses now to slow that down. And in that literature, they explain how they work and how they work basically is saying, our glasses that we normally sell you would make your eyes worse faster than Hmm. these contact lenses. So it's a super weird thing. It's like the individual guy that you go see doesn't know, but he absolutely should know. If you mention it to him, he gets pissed. Hmm. The industry at large acts like it doesn't know, but they sell you expensive products that clearly show that they do. So it's a weird kind of, don't go to a, 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 a mall, basically. And don't go into a store where you see, it's clearly a place where they sell fashion frames and take what they construe as medical advice from them. I think.
1: Yeah. Well, you're in the right community here with listeners that are, you know, doing, trying to figure out what's best for them, how to optimize their health and their performance and not be duped by uh, the man, whether it's the big, big, big eyewear or fill in the big, big blank. Um, yeah, I think I think that's kind of interesting and the the idea that, that comes up for me is this idea of a crutch. and I don't remember who wrote the book about it, but this idea that when we rely on these various crutches, then different parts of our physiology, uh our mentality sort of uh atrophy a bit., um, you know, a bed is the, is an example of a crutch. You could probably sleep better outside on the ground. Um, shoes are a crutch glasses are a crutch and the more that you use them likely there's these deleterious effects you know that that seem to be unintended by the user and it just kind of keeps going and going and 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 i want to talk a little bit about what's going on with my eyeballs uh this is great timing because i'm you know thinking about going and getting lasik for just one of my eyes
0: uh oh dude i've got good ones for you on lasik
1: Okay let, 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 let's let's let, let's get into that a little bit later because because I think uh, I, I have a lot to learn. I'm open to learning. Um, so, obviously this is a massive issue for so many people because so many of us are staring at screens from the moment we wake up in the morning to the very moment we go to sleep at night with our phones in front of our faces, after three hours watching Netflix, after nine hours uh, watching screens, you know, uh, uh, on on a laptop work, uh, doing work. Do you happen to know uh, any statistics or any trends regarding like general eye health of of, uh, humanity?
0: I know, okay, so professionally, right? Like I used to be an investor and I still, I, I have a portfolio of random stuff. I buy lens stock, right? I have made a crap ton of money on lens stock. You know, everybody talks about Tesla and Netflix, but lens stock has done really well because lenses cost two to $5 wholesale, hundreds of dollars retail. So the average profit margin is about 5,000% in a retail setting Wow! when you buy glasses. It's a beautiful business. Mm-hmm. So it, I don't know how far into that you generally go, but it's, it's, you're buying these things and you're being encouraged to not, along with your screen use, right? Like we we're, addic- were super addicted to the screens like what you mentioned. One of the things I really got into, which is weird, it's super easy to fix your eyes, but more and more that the times that we live in, people don't care anymore, Yeah, right? Because we don't go, like, I want to learn kite surfing, but my eyes are too bad. I need to do something about my eyesight because we're not, we're in, never encouraged to get bored. We're never encouraged to go, what am I going to do with this time on my hands? We don't need our eyes. Like this has become a thing where young people just go, yeah, but for what? And then if somebody's in, interested in it and wants to improve the eyesight, one of the big challenges, and this is super weird, is, well, what do I do? Because I'm like, you need three hours of distance time every day, right? Like you really do. And it could be driving to work, fine, you know, like taking a walk, fine, but you need a hobby, You mm-hmm. need like a thing that you're going to go do that, that requires your eyesight. And there's a, a shocking and growing amount of people that don't have a thing like that. Mm. You know, like, what do you do for fun? You know, this is your thumb, scroll, scroll, scroll. So it's kind of becoming a weird hybrid topic. Like 10 years ago, when I was talking about this, it was largely just, a, here's how you fix it. It's easy to fix. And people didn't have to go, well, for what? We didn't talk about, like, for example, glasses. If you wear glasses, social anxiety goes up because you don't have peripheral vision, right? Your whole periphery is just a blur. Your visual cortex goes, something's totally wrong here in the head. And you just feel anxious. You, The nerd thing you mentioned before, you act kind of funky and weird. A tiny bit to the person you're talking to staring through glasses because you're just your eyes are trained to be fixated on the center of that lens so your eye movement your head movement your neck movement is slightly unnatural people bullying you in school or calling you a nerd when we're kids like as adults we just don't say it out loud it's because you seem weird because you're kind of staring <laughs> so you, the cause and effect now you read more books or you've spent more time in front of screens because you're perceived as awkward mm. right like you think you don't move well, like you think you're clumsy, because you find motor control is off. But it's just your brain is putting you on throttled mode, going, I don't know about this, mm-hmm. like, let's not mess with this. You wear glasses, when you're walking, you have to look at the ground, because you don't have peripheral vision. There's all of these things that 10 years ago, those were the topics, like sports performance, you know what I mean? Like you're never going to have peak sports performance, when you're stuck behind lenses, even mm-hmm. contact lenses. Today, it's more of a so it's becoming more and more fringe, you know, people that are actually like, I should have better eyesight. <laughs> Why do you think it's becoming more fringe? Because of that, because the screens are replacing the real, real world, real activity, you don't need your eyes anymore. Right? Yeah. There's less and less people that are like, man, I wish I would like to go on a bike race, do a triathlon by my socks. It happens less and less because you just watch the bike race on YouTube. <laughs> I see. Okay. Yeah. Well,
1: you've you've already kind of teased one of the, you know, you've you've teased one solution, which is to have, you know, three hours of distance eyesight a day. And and I definitely want to get into how this works and what some of the practices are because that's that's the good stuff. That's the that's the the meat and potatoes of it. Is all um uh, myopia reversible
0: no okay Um, and i'm just saying that as a standard disclaimer because i don't there can be causes of myopia that are that are an actual health problem and i probably should have said this earlier um not a doctor no medical advice yeah sure (laughs) (laughs) got it um there there are medical conditions. if you have a medical condition you definitely should go see a doctor right like if you're wearing glasses that you bought in a retail fashion mall um, and your eyesight used to be better before you started the treatment and now that you have the treatment your eyes keep getting worse then I my suggestion is that you don't have a medical issue right like that you just need better habits Mm. basically getting away from the glass for example since I tease the good stuff if you went to the optometrist for the first time and the first time you go in there your glasses adopters are really low. It's it's minor. If you were to always take those off when you don't need them, your eyes would never get worse. Mm. You would not be, you would never become a repeat customer of that business. Always take them off. Curiously, the optometrist tells you to always keep them on. Right. But you don't in the beginning, you don't need them for computer screen distance. Take them off. Right. There's something called hyperopic defocus that happens when when the the minus lenses, the glasses in front of your eye, move the light back inside your eye. And not to get too complicated on the biology, it's basically some of the light hits behind the retina. And the, the eyes a fluid-filled ball, so it adjusts in length. And it does that throughout your whole life. It keeps readjusting itself because it's never perfect. And whenever light goes behind the retina, it elongates because it thinks it's too short. Glasses cause the light to go behind the retina to some degree, the eye elongates. Now the optometrist has a repeat customer because you need stronger glasses to compensate for the longer mm. eye. And I will compensate again by elongating again. And for your question as to, do I see more issues? As the more the eye elongates, retina is in the back of the eye, attached to the eyeball. And the eye elongates, it becomes football shape. The attachment of the retina starts to stretch and eventually parts of the retina pull away from the eyeball or can't. the the risk increases by hundreds of percent for higher dioptomyopia. So one of the common procedures is laser surgery that helps stop the retina from detaching from the eyeball. Super useful. Like when you said you're a skeptic, I'm too. Like that kind of procedure saves your eyesight right? Because at that moment, if you don't immediately go to the ER, the eye just, the retina just keeps detaching and detaching till you have no vision and it's not fixable and you're blind. <laughs> you go immediately, they use lasers to attach them, you're fine. You might still have spots in your vision where you can't see. I read the investor reports for the companies that build and sell the machines to do this, which are brilliant machines, but their tone is kind of scary because they're excited about the growth of the industry right they're like yay we're selling way more of these laser machines making more money our investors are happy but why they're selling more of those machines is because more people are getting retinal detachment retinal detachment a direct consequence of the elongating eyeball so there's a lot of stuff like that where the industry is extremely profitable and it's becoming more profitable because We don't care about our eyes and we don't think about just throwing lenses in front of it has consequences. Today's
1: episode is brought to you by BioPro Plus. They're the number one non synthetic alternative to prescription HGH treatments. It's the end result of the human growth hormone. It's 100% safe to consume. It regulates and restarts the body's natural sex hormone production. It increases immune response and assists in elevated glutathione levels, elevated mitochondrial production and decreased insulin sensitivity. It's formulated with 13 genetically activated growth factors in a unique amino acid profile. So that's the details, but what is it like? Well, I've been looking for an edge, something a little stronger rather than just diet and exercise and sleep to increase my growth hormones. I want the edge. I want the optimal performance. And the way that this is delivered is in a daily vial that you take for a month. You see Before I do any sort of sponsorship with any company, I want to try the products. I want to see if it works. I want to study it to see, make sure it's safe. BioPro Plus checks all the boxes. I've been taking it now for just over two weeks, and you can tell within the first half an hour that you've been elevated. You've been up leveled. It's just a little vial that you put underneath your tongue first thing in the morning. And man, I was focused, I was energized and ready to go, I experienced better sleep, better output in my exercises, and actually greater focus in the work that I do every single day, and running around the house, and raising a family, you can get $30 off one month prescription by going to bioproteintech.com, bioproteintech.com, use the code OPP, and get $30 off. If you've tried a bunch of stuff to get stronger, get more focused, increase your hormone production, and nothing is working for you, you should try this. And talking especially for you gentlemen who are over 35 like myself, if you're looking for a natural boost in your energy, in your focus, the will to work out, the will to go out and be productive in a day, man, this is it. Again, go to bioproteintech.com and use the code OPP for $30 off. Okay, back to the episode. Yeah that sort of reveals quandary you know in healthcare and health tech people are fatter sicker poor eyesight and there are these solutions but lifestyle lifestyle is everything how you choose to spend your days where you prioritize your time how much how much time do you dedicate to your health and wellness you know that some people are just not going to do that they're going to prefer a pill or surgery to to anything else so then w- walk us through, if you could, you, you said it's, you said it's simple and, and that's <laughs> maybe simple and easy uh, are not the same thing. Maybe they are, but walk us through what you found for yourself and, and what you've
0: done to help so many people. So it is, it's okay. It's like going to the gym will make you stronger. Lifting weights, right? Builds muscle. If you want to have better cardio endurance, go for a run. I'm going to explain this on that level right. It's not obvious to people. So this level is enough. It is simple in that don't wear glasses stronger than you need. So that means when you're looking at a computer distance, the glasses, the optometrist sold you are for distance vision. They're not meant for sitting in front of a computer, either take them off. If you do, if you can still see your computer screen, fine. If this, if you're so far into the glasses subscription that you can't even see a computer anymore. Good job, optometrists get weaker glasses, right? Like if you're wearing that minus five, like like I was wearing, you could buy a minus four, adopt a less, and you could still see the computer screen, but not any further. That prevents a lot of that eyeball elongating, I say, right, like if you do that for a month, if you always only wear glasses as strong as you need for computer distance, if you ever forget and keep your distance glasses on, you're gonna feel dizzy and uncomfortable immediately the strain awareness comes back mm. that now you don't have. Do it for a month, just wear adopt a diopter week of glasses for computer screen use, and you're gonna be like, wow, that makes a massive difference. Simple, right? Like exact the exact diopters becomes a question. It's like now you're in the gym and you're like, well, which weights, which movement, but it, about a less will make a big difference. The second thing is eventually, once you do that and you kind of become familiar with how diopters work, super simple, how to measure your nearsightedness, also super simple, how your eyes are kind of sandbagging. You could move a little further away from the screen and hey, I can still see it, right? Now you're challenging your eyes. Once you figure all that out, you buy distance glasses a tiny bit lower than what you're currently wearing. Challenging your eyes, just a tiny bit. Like Hmm. my minus five example, you'd go down to minus 4.75, the smallest decrease that you can make. You can still see everything fine, Right, like you might have 2025 vision or 2030 vision. Still works, but the the menu in the Starbucks in that's half dark, that's behind the barista's head, now becomes a little bit of a challenge to read. That challenge over time, three to four months, your eyes are going to be back to quote unquote perfect with the slightly lower power glasses. And then you reduce them a little bit again. Hmm. Every three to four months, you just reduce them a little bit again, a little bit again, a little bit again till eventually you no longer need them. It's the opposite of what the optometrist did. They sold you slowly stronger and stronger and stronger glasses, causing your eye to elongate. Our theory is that your eyeball is getting back to its normal size, its <clears> normal <throat> length. But this is on, going on 20 years now, right? Like end of one was the beginning of it. And now it's end of a lot of people. <laughs> um, a Facebook group has 20 some odd thousand members. I the saw that. Is yeah, form is 90 some odd thousand. Lots of people post even optometrists confirmed improvements. It's super simple and it's not at all profitable in any way. And all my stuff is free of courses, but you don't need to buy anything because it is. The big picture of it is that easy is don't wear strong glasses for your close up use and slowly, gradually reduce the distance correction and get your eyes to readjust to less um, doctor dependence
1: it makes tons of sense. It makes, and the, the exercise uh, sort of corollary. uh, Yeah. If you, if you strengthen your eye, if you, if you give your eyes an opportunity to get stronger by reducing what you think you need, you're actually making improvements over time. Can you say how long in between those times of stepping uh, the strength down? What did you
0: say? Just a couple of months, three to four months. Wow, is the average yeah. super common mistake is people. Okay, so you do it for the first time, right? Like you get into this, and you're like, this is crazy talk, you read into it a little more, you realize that it's plausible. You try it out. Right? It's not that hard. You go on Zeni and buy slightly weaker glasses. A month from now, three weeks from now, you can see fine with those. And you go what in the F? <laughs> <laughs> it's different to listen to a podcast than to actually try it. Yeah, you, you don't even care. Like you're wearing glasses. You're like, yeah, whatever. I don't care. But you just try it out. Like right? you hop on Zenny, buy them online, 20 bucks. You wear them and you're like, well, I can see the freaking same. And then you do it again. And you're like, after two weeks, you're like, I can see the same again. Huh. And you do it a third time. And you're like, what in the world is going on? Most common mistake is this, the people reduce too fast. And then you end up on a plateau and then you end up stuck. And then you're having to backtrack a lot. Because what you're wearing today is probably too strong. And just by making the adjustments I said about that, the eye strain from close-up and challenging your eyes a little bit, there's a lot of room, right? So people will be, initially, you can make a lot of gains super quickly. It's like gym gains, beginner gains, kind of, right? <laughs> but three to four months is kind of where you want to be. Gotcha.
1: So you mentioned uh, being able to test uh, test yourself. How does How do you do that?
0: Man, you have to absolutely, you have to go to an optometrist and sit in their chair and like, just not be told at all what's going on. That's, <laughs> that's super critical. Um, So nearsightedness, diopters is just how far can you see before there's blur? That's it. You do not need an optometrist for this. Go for an eye health checkup by all means. But for somebody to tell you how strong your glasses have to be, you can do that at home. Super easy. It's, you take a book books better than screens in generally Uh, you hold in front of your face at a distance where the text is super clear perfectly clear and you slowly move the book away until you notice the tiniest bit of change like the text is just like less perfectly clear than it was measure the distance from your eye just take a measuring tape next to your eye to the book that's how far you can see clearly that's your degree of myopia. you take the number 100 divided by that distance in centimeter equals the diopters of glasses you would need for perfect eyesight so for example i can see 50 centimeters right and then the text just starts to be slightly tiny tiny little bit fuzzy 100 divided by 50 is two so if i went on zeni and bought minus two diopter glasses put them on i would have perfect distance vision that's all it is so for you to measure your eyesight that's it the distance before blur starts mm-hmm. and The interesting thing about this is like having a scale or like writing down in the gym how much you can lift with weights. The distance always changes. If you ate crappy, like you're having a massive insulin spikes, the distance will be lower, meaning Mm -hmm. your vision is worse. If you do this measurement in crappy artificial light, the number will be lower. Conversely, if you do it in better light, the number will be higher. If you slept well, the number will be higher. If you didn't binge watch Netflix for four hours, that number will be higher if you keep measuring it, you're going to keep noticing how that number goes up and down and up and down. If you write down what you were doing before you did that measurement, you're going to start seeing what's bad for your eyes. For our Netflix binge, number's lower. Mm -hmm. Went for a hike, the number's higher, Mm -hmm. right? Doing it this measurement in natural shaded daylight, the number's higher. And that, I think, gets you to a point where you're like, I'm starting to understand how this works and I'm starting to see how my lifestyle affects my eyesight. And with that, and buying glasses online it's super easy to make those adjustments Hmm. beautiful
1: what are some other things that people can do besides the three hours of distance eyesight as part of your daily routine
0: Uh, delete instagram from your phone (laughs) yeah Yeah. right right good um i say this a lot and i feel i i've realized it sounds stupid but it's one of our greatest gifts is boredom, right? Like just being freaking bored till you find something to do that doesn't involve a screen. I know it sounds, I know it sounds stupid, but just sitting around, like I have bought um, wing foiling gear. It's like kite surfing, but not really. A few weeks back because I was sitting around at home bored because I don't have Instagram on my phone. And eventually I was like, I should, I need to do something. And I got on a scooter, which was not a genius idea and drove kind of cross country till I ended up at a beach. I didn't know the name of the town at the beach. There was a kite surfing school. They let me borrow this wing foiling stuff and ended up buying some. And after our podcast, I'm going to take the four hour drive back down there to do that again. <laughs> <clears throat> the four hour drive is going to mean not screen. So distance vision crashing my face into the water is going to be, more distance vision than than screen time, my recommendation is enjoy the pleasure. It's like meditation, but better. Get super bored and find out what's out there. And that combined with slightly lower power glasses is ultimately going to give you eyesight that doesn't require corrective lenses. Beautiful, beautiful.
1: Okay, this is where it gets self-centered. self-centered. So my eyes are different strengths my left eye is and i'm gonna to butcher totally ignorant to the numbers i'm gonna say 2090 you're gonna go well, that's not a fucking thing sean that's not real because not basically when i got my prescription for glasses in my uh like early 20s uh one was almost almost zero amplification and the other one was really thick
0: oh, and- oh yeah a lot yeah
1: A lot, like, I mean, I could go grab grab a pair behind me, but like, really thick. So this left eye is compensating, obviously, for this right eye, but they're they're very different. And I don't, I really don't remember the numbers. I want to say, I want to say two point five, but that's just kind of what's jumping out to me. I made some changes. Uh, I cleaned up my diet, Um, my screen time. You know, I started a business and was looking at a screen really screen really frequently. Uh, and I think that the lower sugar, you know, switching to keto and cleaning up my diet really helped. I think it just lowered inflammation. And I found that I didn't, I didn't want them. You know, I wore them for a decade, wore glasses for a decade, and I just said, I just, I just, I'll just tough it out. But I, I think with all the, with all the uh, the time that I spend um, looking at a screen for work. Um, I can tell it's getting worse. And this right eye is, is straining harder and harder. Things are blurry. You know, if I just did this, you know, it's, it's blurry right away. So it can see distance pretty well. Um, But I mean, it's, it's immediately, immediately blurry. You're blurry on the screen right now. Does it make me look better though? (laughs) No, you look great. Come on. Get out of here. (laughs) So like what, you know, can I do the same technique with different eyes and, and measure that distance and then get two different lenses? Am I, am I barking up the right tree there?
0: So there's two things and I don't, I can't tell you definitively, but for one, there's something called ocular dominance. Mm. Your eyes are not the same strength, so to speak, like your acuity, the, the, how clearly your eyes can see is not the same for both eyes naturally one eye stronger than the other. totally normal. It's super common for optometrists to compensate for that, like it doesn't exist. It's super weird. I do not understand why they do this. Go to the optometrist and you get a minus one in one eye and a minus 1.5 in the other eye. Your eyes are fine. And even if you need a glasses, it will be minus one minus one, because that ocular dominance exists for a bunch of purposes that we don't clearly understand, but it helps with things like depth perception. Eyes are meant to be that way. Like mm. it's part of how the visual cortex uses the input from the eyes, not meant to be exactly the same. Long story short, it could be that the optometrist just went yeah, and said, "This is, is this better? Is this better? Is this better? And you just sit, sat in a dark room with a, one light shining on a crappy eye chart going, well, dude, I don't know, maybe. No idea what he's doing. In the meantime, he's dialing it up and dialing it up and dialing it up. And you're like, yeah, maybe that's better. So it's possible that that happened. Hmm. I'm not saying that's the case, but it wouldn't be impossible. But at minus 2.5, that's enough to where I kind of go, maybe there's something there that's not, that's something else, right? Like that one eye just had some kind of issues, in which case any of the things I talk about may or may not apply. Like if you have one eye that just has, you know like the corneal surface of the lens for example is 70% of refraction so clear vision is 70% just the shape of the lens if the shape of the lens isn't quite right like that can be genetic or birth or whatever that that eye just doesn't see as well possible hmm. right so both things are possible one the optometrist could have just been like hey, it's more it's more <laughs> or there's something up with the eye we don't know the thing that you don't want to do is just not compensate for that at all because either the eye is just going to stop participating, right? Because it's just if it's not strong enough to be part of the image, eventually your brain just goes, Yeah, forget that one. Yeah. And then then you're kind of in a more complicated territory. So ignoring the problem isn't super helpful. Compensating for it as much as the optometrist recommends is not great because that eye is just going to get worse and worse and worse because it elongates. Because the glasses in front of it are strong. Right? Mm-hmm. So if it was me, it's not medical advice. Yeah, yeah. If I had this issue, I would try to figure out what lens I need to put in front of that eye for it to participate, right? Like you measure the distance. How far can the quote unquote good eye see to the screen? How many centimeters, inches, I'm not good with inches. How many doctors do I need for the other eye to be close to that, hmm. right? Like if it's 50 centimeters in a good eye, 48 for the other one, enough to where you pop the glasses on, you're like, nice, hmm. nice. But if you close one eye, it's a little bit more challenged. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. if you compensate the the other eye for 50 centimeters, also it has no encouragement, and it's just going to get worse. Hmm. Odds are, like unless there's some unknown medical condition that I'm not aware of, I would slightly undercorrect that eye a little bit, and then keep track of the measurement. The same thing i said before right like do a netflix binge eat a pizza or don't right like do whatever and measure just keep a log of both eyes how far can this i see how far can that i see and then see if there's any difference a few months from now yeah if there is right if the minus 2.5 eye is happy with a minus two and then that that distance increased by a centimeter lowered by about quote adopter get no hurry you know three to four months easy just make sure both eyes are participating don't make the job impossible because that sucks it's a lot of eye strain eventually the eye gives up but just give it a little bit of challenge and see if it adjusts to it if it doesn't then that's a fixed value and then you've got to look at other options but it's very well possible that six months from now that minus 2.5 is a minus two hmm. right and then you're like hey can i get to minus one point something and maybe you can right like it's very possible that two or three years from now That eye is not a minus 2.5, it's just as good as the other eye. Hmm. Possible. But the only way to find out is to give it a lens to where it can see pretty well and just introduce a little bit of challenge.
1: Yeah, great. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So then how what's the best way? You know, how do people find really high quality optometrists, ophthalmologists? Like, is there, are there how do you find a good one?
0: if you find one next to a shoe store <laughs> that, that's always dude, when they call these things prescriptions by the way they're clear curved pieces of plastic yeah. right like millions of dollars were spent in lobbying to make glasses prescriptions because they're two to five bucks mm. and they were really worried that somebody's gonna go well we're just gonna sell them for 10
1: mm-hmm. right so
0: to protect the profit margins they were like oh these are prescriptions yeah and so now when you're next to the shoe store shoe store doesn't make 5000% profit. But these guys say, well, Sean, this is a prescription. Uh, It's it's $300. You're not going to question it. You're a patient, dude, you're next to a shoe store. The guy sells fashion frames, right? Like so ideally, you find a guy that is open minded. And that's kind of a challenge. There's behavioral optometrists that get made fun of by regular optometry a lot because they're interested in these kinds of ideas, Hmm. but they may not be that well versed. There are people that may just be open minded and open to a little bit of casual social engineering. Like you walk in there just before lunch, you bring some donuts and coffee, you know, people are alert and awake, but starting to get hungry, and you go these glasses give me a headache when I work on the computer and I used to have weaker ones but my dog ate them will you make me a new pair? you know like you don't have to have them agree to this whole idea that your eyes aren't broken but will the dude help you out Yeah I, to me that's like a good case scenario where it's just like you don't have to sell them on your whole belief system or on a crazy idea you just go I need adopt a weaker glass for a computer I used to have them and how to use them I won't abuse them will you make me some? Yeah. Right. Like that's if you find a guy like that, then you're golden already because he's going to be happy because he's going to sell you lots of glasses, because you're going to keep making reductions. And you'll be happy because you got a shop to go to. Otherwise, buy them online.
1: Gotcha. And what was that resource? You said it a couple of times. Search the Z.
0: Oh, I'm not recommending them specifically. They're just they come up in the form all the time. Zenny, Z-E-N-N-I, Zenny Optical. There's a bunch of them. Uh same glasses you buy in a store, but they're 20 bucks instead of 200. Yeah. And they're they're much more flexible with that so-called prescription thing.
1: Yeah, that's the key there. That's the key there. Uh, so, uh, you know, integrated uh, optometry, holistic optometry
0: isn't a thing? Uh, it There are fringy people, right? Like there are some, like there's a friend of mine in Hong Kong, for example, great optometrist. Awesome, dude. He figured this out because it's not that hard to figure out. Like, I'm not some freaking genius. I just read what the book says. And he started advertising for parents, like, don't get your kids stronger glasses, come to me, I'll help you with this. And he did exactly or in premise, what I do is just only the weakest glasses you need, don't wear them when you don't need them, reduce the doctors, not as refined of an approach, because he's, you know, one dude having this experience. We have the benefit of the internet and tens of thousands of people, but he had that idea and he was super successful. And then his peers got jealous because mm. he had a, he had a, he had a differentiator in his business. Yeah. else was just sunglasses. He was like, I'll help you not make your kid's eyes worse. And it worked. Right. And lots of parents came to him. So some asshole went to the optometry board and said, this guy is saying things that are not true and the optometry board went to him and they said license to practice is over Mm. right because that's how it works it's like the freaking mafia you either do exactly as you're told or you're not doing anything Mm -hmm. and eventually they made a deal and the deal was you never talk about this again (laughs) the dude's practicing like you can go see him right? Like his name is somewhere on our website. People go see him. And if you go in there and you wink, nudge him and you're like, "Uh, you know, I need some, some weaker glasses. He'll sell them to you, Mm -hmm. but he's not advertising it. He's not saying it to strangers because right. Doesn't want to get in trouble.
1: Mm -hmm. That's so sad. That's so sad. I hope that, I hope that there's enough people that support Mm him in helping people's eyesight improve rather than making it worse. And don't get
0: LASIK, dude, before we forget about that.
1: Yeah, that was my next question. Uh, I I had very little awareness of it. The only, you know, I did some tertiary research, talked to a couple of people and everybody that's done is like, oh my God, it's so great. I can see so well. And I was like, well, so what do they do? You know, what's the procedure? And they're like, well, they're going to slice your lens open and shoot it with a laser and then put a bunch of goo on it. And I'm just like,
0: oh, I don't know if I need that
1: in my life. So walk us through what what the problems with LASIK are.
0: For one, whenever people say they did it and it's great, that reminds me of like, what do people say after they do Coke? (laughs) You should try it. I mean, nobody's like, nah, I don't think that that was not sweet. Love it. Yeah. Just of course, right? Like, it has a potential of being great. Here's the thing. I have a podcast, but it's not a cool podcast like yours. I only talk to people improving the eyesight. It's it's boring, right? If you're working on your eyesight and you want other people's experiences, it's handy. But it wasn't intended as a podcast. Till some big influencer dude who has a giant podcast started talking about LASIK and getting LASIK. And I was getting emails every freaking day from people going, please tell him not to do that. Mm. And I'm like, he's too big and fancy for my kind of people. So I asked Dr. Morris Waxler he is a longtime friend might be a strong word, but we know each other for a long time. He's a former head of the FDA surgical devices. He got LASIK approved. He's the dude who put the stamp on LASIK saying, "Yup, the FDA says this is cool. The only guest I ever had on that's an actual guest, you can look him up, you should chat with him. He's in his 70s now. He's got this giant Einstein hair, super well-researched, super well-spoken. Again, the former head of the FDA surgical devices, like this is a serious dude, went on an hour on how LASIK is just the worst possible idea ever and how the FDA had absolutely no criteria for medical consequences. Wow. It's shocking. I'm not promoting my podcast. I'm just saying you listen to this dude. I do a terrible job interviewing, but he carries it. Everything he talks about is has references that are listed in the podcast. Like he's not just saying stuff. Shocking. Like I literally, I was sitting there and I'm like, how is this man not in a ditch somewhere? Mm -hmm. Like, how is he alive talking about this? Form ahead of the FDA literally goes 30% permanent dry eyes. We had no criteria for this. We didn't check for it, but that's the number: thirty wow. percent of people who did LASIK have permanent dry eyes, not fixable. Can't, nothing can be done about it. He says the the integrity of the cornea when you slice it is compromised, it doesn't heal, stays that way. Was well, not in our criteria for getting it approved. He says the nerves are cut. He's like it takes about a year for the nerves to grow back, so you have no pain sensation for a year. But after a year, maybe you do. And maybe you will for how long? We don't know because we mm. didn't check for that. Wow. So he, he goes on suicides. Like the dude just goes on for an hour and he's like, we didn't check for any of this stuff. And doctors were doing LASIK before we approved it. Didn't care. We're using machines not even meant for LASIK. Like it's an hour of you just going, I can't believe this. Wow. Right? Like it would be one thing, it being me or you or some dude, right? On the fringe. This is the former head of the FDA going, oh, we didn't check. And he spent the rest of his life going, this was a really bad idea. I wish I wasn't involved in this. And trying to get the word out And mm. basic is a terrible, terrible thing.
1: Wow. Well, uh, I, I, down the rabbit hole I go. I'm glad, I'm glad I am asked. I'm glad we talked about it. I will definitely go listen to that, that episode and do some more research. The 30% dry eye for life. Like that's pretty,
0: that's pretty big. And and the flap doesn't really heal necessarily. So, so for like, example, if you're a fighter pilot, you can't do LASIK. Right, the high think, G forces. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you, do you want that? And then what happens? The other thing that happens. Super fun stuff. I could go on this for hours. LASIK is just like putting a contact lens in your eye. Functionally, it's not a cure. It's not a fix. It's just cutting a contact lens right into your eye. If Before this procedure, your eyes were still getting worse, as in like two years ago, you got strong contacts, four years ago, you got strong contacts. Odds are, this is still continuing. So this is just another contact lens as far as the biology is concerned. Two years from now, that LASIK is wearing off, like they say, and they want to do a touch up. Your eyes just continued on the progression of elongation. Mm. You want to do that a second time. Mm. right so lasik is is works out for people whose eyes were super stable before they had the minus four for the last 10 years now they got lasik they got lucky on the dry eyes their vision stays perfect Mm. but if their vision has still been progressively changing that'll keep going Mm. right so the procedure is not only super questionable as far as your how your eye long-term interacts it's also questionable as in is this really a fix yeah
1: well it, it does. And the reason I haven't done it yet is because it does go against my sort of general ethos around health optimization, which is, can I fix it with my diet? Can I fix it with sleep? Can I do it? Can I fix it with meditation or lifestyle factors to actually improve it? And it sounds like, uh, sounds like I've got some good ideas to work with now. Lasers, dude. Lasers. I mean, it's pretty sexy. I
0: mean, uh, meditation, come on, it's not, <laughs> Lasers, <laughs> yeah
1: candle gazing i mean <sighs> nonsense uh so uh just a few more questions before we wrap it up um you got is there a swell coming
0: is do you have you looked at the waves yet dude it's like four hours away i don't even know if there's wind it's just i i've deleted all social media i have no when we shut this off i've got nothing to do <laughs> I think it's it's yeah good I'm on just, you. just just yeah just to get out there good for you
1: what's your mission
0: just antagonize optometry
1: (laughs) so far so good right (laughs) yeah
0: screw those guys seriously like i just okay so awareness i want people to. i I deal a lot with parents now which didn't happen 10 years ago even five years ago it wasn't like this it's every freaking day i get emails from parents going my five-year-old went to the optometrist it sucks Mm. like you have kids you don't want that. And there's one thing talking about adults, I don't care about adults. Like, I don't care what you do. It was more of a, I was trolling optometry because it's bullshit. And I want people to know about it, but on that, whatever the parents and kids thing robs me the wrong way on a different level. Cause I've yeah. got kids. You take my five-year-old to the optometrist. and He goes, Oh, genetically defective bullshit. Bullshit. Hmm. Right? Like a lot of that happens. And I really want, if a parent, goes on the internet and types in whatever keywords related to the kids having glasses. I want them to find other answers. Hmm. iPad's not a freaking babysitter. Yes. Right? Like number one, number two, print it out an a night chart at home. See what your kid can actually see. Don't trust the optometrist numbers because they're probably way too high. Hmm. Your kid gets glasses. Your child is going to get bullied for the next 10 years. Do so you want that? Like, is that the way you want to go? Yeah. Right? Like, there's so much stuff I that I, it's weird, because I'm not, I don't care about people, right? Like, I'm a nihilist, I'm a, just a <laughs> terrible person. But that there's something in that that just pushes my button. Right? I'm like, that's wrong. Right? Like, a five year old at the optometrist, who's now going to be bullied forever, that's messed up. Yeah. And it's wrong, because the child does not need glasses. 90% of cases, there are developmental issues, blah, blah, blah not for the guy next to the shoe store to decide right yeah. like go to a pediatric ophthalmologist if the pediatric ophthalmologist says there's a, some eye development issue sure right but never go to the optometrist next to a shoe store with your five-year-old that yeah my mission is it's not to change the world it's not to be famous it's just if you're looking for answers you're going to find answers that are better than putting glasses on your kids
1: Hear, here man that uh this sort of, you know, we started with the origin story. You know, this reluctant hero thing is just coming out of you. You know, <laughs> no, man, no, no it is. I don't, I don't like it, it is. I really don't like It, no. it is this this reluctant reluctant uh, hero on a campaign. Um, You know, and and it, and it strikes me over and over. Just go outside. Just just go outside. Take your kids That's outside. Nice. So tell them nice. to go outside, tell them to stay outside until dinner time. Yeah, so much, so many issues, health issues, mental health issues uh, will go away if you just make your kids go outside.
0: <laughs> it's just, it's true. I moved my family, well, a longer story, but we moved to a jungle, a remote jungle in Myanmar. We have built a fully off grid house, like an idiot, of course. <laughs> Um, but part of my reasoning was my kid is going to be so far away from phone bullshit for his developing years. Yeah. They play in the mud, they play with sticks. The kids don't have phones. He's not going to have his schoolmates going, Oh, watch this thing on YouTube. Nobody's got phones. Yeah. So he plays outside and when adults come over and anybody has a phone, he's not allowed to play with it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. He can watch cartoons on TV at a TV distance and then he gets bored and cranky. Right. And in the beginning, it used to be a big fight. Where the mom was like, he's super cranky. I'm like, well, he's gonna be cranky till he figures out how to fix his own boredom. Yeah. And there we go. Right. Yeah. And then an hour later he's outside playing with sticks and he's fine. Yeah. And parents today don't have that. They're like, throw the iPod in front of the kid, tantrum stops. And that's not the answer.
1: Yeah, no, it's not. And and I, I see it too. We we did not we're not living off grid, but I moved my family <laughs> out of the city to two acres in the woods on an island. Uh, so go, that we yeah. could have space, you know, go chase the chickens around, you know, go build a, go build a fort, go jump on the trampoline outside. Like there's so many things would be solved if, you know, people just told their kids to go outside and play. Yeah. Um, I want to, I want to, so the, where, before I ask the final question, which is a fill in the blank question. And I just want to say, Uh, this is going to make you squirm a little bit, but I just appreciate your approach. I really do. And, and it's not surprising to me why you have as many followers on Facebook and the forum as you do is because you're transparent, you're open, you're direct, and it's really, really refreshing. And so I just wanted to just acknowledge that. So thank you for being you and doing you.
0: I appreciate it. Yeah. I, I, I can't watch my videos because I cringe so freaking hard. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Me too.
0: <laughs> but it's transparent. I guess. Yeah.
1: I can't go back and listen to podcast episodes unless I really have to, which is tough because then I can't get better and I, I'm too critical anyway.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so where should, where should people go? Where can they find out
0: more? Endmyopia.org is the website. And if you've listened to this whole thing, you can already guess that it's a mess um, there's a lot of rants there's a lot of jokes there's a lot of inside humor on there but also big community right and all the things that you really need to everything's free i always call it open source because you don't need to spend any money i've got some courses you can buy you cannot buy but the main thing the stuff we discussed here is a starting point point. and then if you want to dive deeper there's a ton of resources and community to 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 help you along
1: awesome wonderful so now the final question to fill in the blank And this can be based on, uh, this doesn't have to be specific to, to eyesight whatsoever. This can just be based on things that you've picked up along the way. And then you can elaborate as much or as as little as you like, but please fill in the blank. Everyone would benefit from knowing.
0: Hmm. That's the blank. We're already blank there. Huh? Yeah. More about addiction. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I freaking forgot the title. I just finished reading a super great book on addiction. I, I used to have drug problems. Uh, I used to not call them drug problems because I made too much money too young in my twenties. And, you know, you get super bored. It's like when you read rock star biographies, all of them do a crap ton of drugs. Cause what else are you going to do? And I learned about addiction, right? Like the way you don't realize and the way you kind of go, nah, this is not really a problem. Phones and all this social media crap, I recognize it as as bad or worse of as any addiction I ever had, hmm. right? Like the, the, the people not being able to go to dinner with friends without staring at their phones is a problem. And not recognizing, like if you have a problem with drugs, like eventually you're gonna go, well, this is kind of destroying my life. You don't recognize it with these screens because all the freaking people around you are addicts also. Yeah. Right, so it's a bunch of zombies wandering around, going, "Oh, it's not a problem. Everybody else is doing it too." People knowing more about addiction would be super helpful to be able to recognize that this this is a problem that is screwing up their life hmm. and possibly going to screw up the life of their kids too, because right, we're not aware that this is an addiction and that addiction is not a good thing.
1: Thank you for that. That I, I really appreciate that. That that's the first time I've asked that question you know, 175 times. And that's the first time I've heard that one. And uh you're right. I really appreciate that. That's wonderful. Well, uh, I'm I'm excited to to dive in and learn more. You know, um I'm kind of just starting out on my journey, you know, and uh it sounds obviously the website is packed with information. There's so much good stuff in there. I'm going to dive down the rabbit hole and uh, thank you so much for being a guest today on the Optimal Performance Podcast.
0: Thanks for having me, Sean. I appreciate it.